The Mavs win. Let's go. And I'm joined by the BK Brawler himself, Bobby Corolla, Mavs.com. Let's talk some Mavs. And this is Locked On Mavericks don't believe you shouldn't be here welcome to lockdown mavs this morning your co-host isaac harris and i'm joined today by bobby corolla mavs.com okay host of mavs studio this i seriously this is is this what is that your like official title for mavs studio uh studio 41 isaac studio 41 but hey, that means studio we have 41. we have 40 other studios. I'm only the host of one of them. Luckily, I'm the host of like the coolest one. There you go. Okay. Honestly, this is one of the coolest things that I, I sit there on Twitch. Now, listen, I haven't did Twitch a lot in my life. Here and there, I, you know, dimes. I, I was like tuning in to watch dimes do some things back when in his Dallas days. But you've got me back on Twitch. And I sat in there for like an hour the other day. And like went back and forth with people ranking the jerseys in Mavs history. And oh, it was oh incredible. So every day, can you tell the people, tell the Mavs fans how often you go live on Twitch and like what Studio 41 actually is on the Dallas Mavericks Twitch channel? Yeah, so I'm going to assume that everyone who's listening to this podcast or at least like 95 plus percent is aware of what Twitch is um, because they're very online people. If you're not, Twitch is a live streaming platform. Uh, for most of its history, been used for playing video games and just hanging out with people. They can watch you play video games live. The streamer sees the chat, so there's a lot of interaction. Um, but as people have spent more time online and away from traditional media, like watching TV or listening to the radio, obviously listening to podcasts has kind of supplanted that um, industry in many ways. Um, people are turning more to live content and they want to connect with people. Um, TV is a very sort of like, Kind of passive experience right something is happening on tv and you're watching it you can't engage with it at all on twitch you can interact all the time uh like you getting in debates with people about the trash bag jerseys and whether like these city edition jerseys are better than you know the greens from last year or whatever so uh, i'm streaming on twitch every single day uh 10 a.m central standard time to usually about 12 30 or 1 p.m we have in the uh, studio space in our office that is called studio 41 presented by uh trime i'm doing this isaac as the people on youtube can see from my living room it's because our office is closed through the holidays so where i'm streaming normally looks a little cooler than this uh there are no dennis smith jr or delon Wright jerseys in studio 41 maybe i can take them across the street with me to the office and hang them up in there though to uh to give those two great point guards some love but uh until then yeah it's it's fun uh Weekdays, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. You've been on there once, too, yeah. and i uh, love to have you come on again. Well, it's a lot of fun. I like what you're doing with it. And it, that Dennis Smith jersey, Rick's coming to town at the end of January if you want to package that up uh, for him. That would be a good idea. That would be a good idea. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be excited to see you again. I know he'll be excited to see me. He'll probably ask me if how Nerlens is doing in New York. Yeah, have but. you have I told you that we're doing like an honor guard? You need to be a part of it. As as he walks into the arena, we're all just going to line up and pay our respects. So, looking forward to that. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay, uh, let's talk about this Mavs game. Mavs win 95-86. Um Luke is back. 
And I'm just, I just want to open it up right off the top. I mean, it's been, how many days has it been since we watched Luca play basketball? Because it feels like Thanksgiving. It wasn't Thanksgiving, but it was probably like second week of December. It's been a good three, maybe four weeks. It's been 22, 23 days, man. December 10th, that game at Indiana. But even, even that game and the couple games before that, when he came back, they weren't really like Luca games. You know, yeah. he was so clearly still bothered by that thing. Yeah. So just opening up off the bat with Luca, what were your thoughts on Luca tonight? How did he look? How do you look in with this roster now that, you know, there's some of the hardship guys still there? I really don't know what to call them. I'm just calling them the hardship guys. But what were your thoughts on Luca game one back? Uh, I thought he looked pretty good. There were some gnarly turnovers in the first half. Um, felt like kind of the whole team, you know, with Luca and Maxi starting and then playing with Jalen. Like Luca and Jalen have started two other games together this year. They haven't played together very often. That starting lineup had never played together. So I wasn't really surprised that the first five or so minutes were kind of weird. But after that, they all sort of like found their footing a little bit. And, you know, from a physical standpoint, I thought Luca looked okay. Tough to tell. You know, I, I don't have my, uh, didn't have my magnifying glass on him to see, you know, what his belly looked like or anything. But, you know, he seemed to be moving okay. There were a couple times, though, where he was still sort of wincing, you know, moving a little gingerly. And so I'm starting to think, I mean, you might just see that for the rest of the year. You know, some ankle sprains or knee sprains or whatever, just so serious that they're always going to bother you. So that might just be the new normal for uh, for the rest of the season. But, you know, I thought he looked okay. He was able to put the ball on the floor, get to the rim a lot in the fourth quarter. Um, You know, didn't always bear itself out in in the form of points because the Thunder were preventing him from scoring at the rim in favor of allowing three-pointer shooters to be open on the perimeter. And uh, Luca made the right play, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought he looked good. I thought Maxi looked pretty good. Hit some hit some yeah. shots. You know, that three at the end was great. And Tim Hardaway Jr. kind of rescued them in the first half. They were off to pretty horrible offensive start, especially in like the second mid second quarter. And then he was able to heat up a little bit and kind of you know save the day. So um, all three guys very very sorely missed. Luca, of course, chief among them. But uh, yeah, it was good to see him back out there. Yeah, Luca finished this game uh, 14 points, uh, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. It's crazy. He almost had uh, a triple-double in this game, in his first game back, but 6 of 14 from the field. He had that play uh, at the top of the key, and he Dwight moved his, his leg you know, a little bit there as Luca was going around it as he's setting the pick, and Luca kind of – I thought he tweaked his ankle again. He fell down. I was like, no, 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 please don't, don't tweak the ankle. But he got up. He did fine. And then the – you know, the pass to Maxi at the end. Of, it was awesome. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I, like, set up. I was like, let's go. Like, as soon as he passed it, you know, they closed in. Like you said, they were doing this all game, just daring, you know, the Mavs shooters to take these threes. And Luca gets to the basket. There's, like, three, maybe four dudes around him when he does this behind-the-back midair perfect bounce pass to, to Maxi, And, of course, Maxi drains it. He saw Josh Green making all these jump passes while he was out. And he's like, you know what? I'm not going to let Josh be the best passer on the team. Like, I got to re- I got to retake the throne here. Shout out to Tim Hardaway Jr. post game tonight when Callie, I think it was Callie, maybe even Coop, asked him, hey, Tim, you know, what was it like, like watching the Mavs when you were out? And he was like really bragging on him. And he bragged on the Portland game. He's like, man, that Portland game was a lot of fun. He said, Josh Green out here thinking he's magic with all the jump passes and also and I'm like that's so cool I, I love I was I was laughing about it because I I mean the Josh Green passing clinic that happened over the past few weeks was a lot of fun and I was really curious okay let me just ask you this what did you think about the rotation like fallout from tonight 
Because I think a lot of the dialogue over the past week or so has been, okay, you know, like we see these guys, Theo Pinson, Marquis Chris, Josh Green get a lot of minutes with all the guys out. Now with Maxi, Tim, Luca coming back, we we obviously know uh, Porzingis didn't play tonight. Um, was Frank was Frank fully healthy for tonight's game? I mean, he was available, but yeah, he was a DNPCD officially. Although I, okay. I'm, I think that it was probably like, let's play him if we have to, sort of thing. You yeah, because he uh, had an at the end of the game. Giddy was kind of killing them. Maybe he should have played. <laughs> oh man, Giddy. We'll we'll talk about Giddy. I have something to ask you about Giddy because he was amazing, but. Just were you surprised about anything about the the minute distribution tonight with the new with the old guys back? Um, I guess it's not really an old guy because Brunson didn't miss any time. But I was surprised that they went with Luca and Brunson together. I don't think that's going to be something. Although I don't think that's going to be something they do. But after the game, J Kid did say, "I think that we're going to continue doing it." So we'll see how long it lasts. Um, obviously those are two. Easily, they're two best shot creators, but uh, kind of tough to tell without KP tonight because, you know, ordinarily, whenever everybody's healthy, KP's your starting four. Kaliba's basically your backup four. Kind of, they can play together a little bit or they can play some backup five or whatever. But without Maxi tonight, you know, it was a lot of like Josh Green, Sterling Brown, Tim off the bench altogether. And then either one of Luca or Jalen, usually. I think there was some time whenever both of them were off the floor, but it wasn't very often. And so yeah, Josh uh, Green ran a little point guard there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And he did he did that the other night too. I thought he looked pretty good. But uh I, so it's kind of tough to say because I think if again, if KP's in there, I don't think you're ever having, you know, Josh Green sort of like combo point forward one four off the bench. I yeah. think he's going to be much more just your stare, kind of your traditional three and D wing, or like Frank's going to be playing backup guard uh, with Maxi playing the four. I don't really know, but you know they kind of have this good problem now where all of these guys are back and they're back to struggling to find ways to implement them all and give them all twenty minutes. You know, before it was like half the healthy team is hardship guys, and now it's like, well, I mean, Chris is the only one that's playing, and you know maybe he shouldn't be on a ten day anymore. I guess we could, we'll probably talk about that too, but. Like they have a lot of players, you know, they have a lot of players that deserve minutes. So it's kind of, I guess that's one of like the, maybe the blessings in disguise of Luca being out for as long as he did. And as long as he was, is that all these guys got a chance to sort of establish a little bit of rhythm and, and find their footing a bit. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk about Marquis Chris, a fun addition to the center bullpen rotation. Guys, this podcast is brought to you by our good friends. Our best friends, if you want to say that, Built Bar. It's a new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit, eating healthier, make sure you include include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, even tastes like a chemical spill. You don't want a protein bar like that. You want Built Bar. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain this. Check out this, this lineup right here. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. That's a lineup from a candy bar. It tastes like a candy bar, but it's really a Built Bar. It's a protein bar. Here's an idea for New Year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, in your backpack, I keep snacks in my backpack. I need to get rid of them, replace them with built bar, throw it out, get some built bars. 
And here you go. They have flavors like coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies, and cream, salted caramel. The list goes on. Built Bar has you covered. Offer. Go to Built.com. Use promo code and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Bobby. Marquis Chris. What? He finished tonight with 15 points. He was a plus 14 in this game. He had seven boards, three of three from three. Even ask post game about uh, the previous, I don't even say beef, the previous moment he had with Luca back in the day. It's where they chirped at each other when he was a not a member of the Dallas Mavericks. He said, hey, we're just two competitors. Put it behind them. Some people, you know, as soon as Dallas signed him to the first 10 day, that was immediately something that was brought up. Uh, with Mavs fans like oh my gosh remember this moment him and Luca I loved how he answered that question post game about how they you know they haven't even talked about it it's it's past him he loves playing with him what have you seen from what is Mark okay let me word it this way what does Marquise Chris give this team that maybe they haven't had from the center rotation or maybe they've had they have he's just playing really well right now first off no one should be surprised that somebody doesn't like playing against Luca. Because not only is he really annoying, but also Luca talks more trash than like anybody else in the NBA, right? And so the fact that Chris at least went at him it says something about him. Um, but I think you know he's he's kind of the best of many worlds. You know he's he's more uh, he's he's just as springy, if not more springy than Dwight. Um, he plays with sort of this defensive kind of tenacity that Willie does, and he has you know this motor that Moses does. But you combine it all together into this body that's basically kind of the size of Dwight or Maxi Kleba, a little more compact, you know? And so I think it's just like a, he's just, I don't know. He's just good. He's productive. I think the one thing that he did tonight that was really impressive um, or that stood out to me, I guess it shouldn't be impressive, but he didn't really foul at all. I'm not sure how many fouls Hmm. he had, but in his first 10 days, so the first five, six games, whatever he played, he was averaging nine and a half fouls per 36 minutes. And that's one foul every three minutes. And again, in that in that Milwaukee game, he fouled out like in 12, 15 minutes or something. Yeah. And, you know, if you're auditioning for a roster spot, and I make no mistake, I mean, if he keeps playing like this, like he will be on an NBA team, probably the Mavs at some point you would think, but he'll stick around in the league for sure. Um, but if you're auditioning for that, you have to prove that you can be consistent and you can be productive and you can be reliable. We know he can be productive and he's consistent with his energy and with his production, but you know, can he stay out of foul trouble? And he did that tonight, and he hasn't really fouled the last couple of games he's played in, too. So that's the most important thing for me. But, yeah, I mean, as far as what he brings, like, how often have, you know, we said, I guess you and I host this podcast, like, once per year. So maybe you and I have never said it together, but we've probably thought it, certainly separately. If you could fuse Dwight Powell and Willie Cauley-Stein together, man, they'd kind of be a heck of a player. And and Chris is a pretty close uh kind of facsimile for what for what that guy would look like and so you know i think that they they value the effort and the energy that he brings them and but also the production and kind of the the quality on both ends of the floor yeah he you know obviously the energy is something that that stands out but you know he's smaller he, he plays bigger than what you know i think his height you know would tell you i think he's what six nine yeah. uh but he feels like he's like you know six eleven you know willie you know looks bigger out there taller out there when he, when he's out there but there, there's two like under the radar type things about him that I that, that I really like is his second jump. I, I really like his second Ooh, jump. 
Yeah. And his, you know, for a guy that is six nine, I don't know his wingspan. I, I need to look this up. What is wingspan? It's gotta is, be plus wingspan, right? I know it just feels like his catch radius is it's bigger than what it should be for a you know six eight six nine guy. And um, I don't know. I, I obviously I like him. I think a lot of Mavs fans are like you know like what they see right now. Do you have his wingspan up? Seven one, Isaac. Oh, okay. Yeah. This makes sense now. Yeah. So that's like pl- plus five. That's yeah, that's really good. But yeah, this that second jump that play made with Tim tonight was really nice. It was like he yeah. was going for the alley oop and Tim kind of threw him a, almost a scoop pass. Chris went down and got it and still went up before anybody else could and he laid it in. I mean, that's that's really good. And Dwight used to have a really good second jump. Now it, you know, it kind of he's fallen off a little bit because of the injury. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think well, it was the first the first game we got, the first experience of Chris in it might have been his first game in Dallas, was the you know, when he was defending towns. And I thought that was, I mean, what a what a bold decision uh, by, by Jason Kidd in that game by leaving him out there. It's like first game, Marquise Chris in Dallas, like, hey, I'm gonna leave you in in crunch time uh, to guard Towns, and so he can play some defense. He obviously hit threes tonight. I don't have his career three point sh- you know uh, percentage in front of me, but I would go out on a limb and say it's not you know forty percent. But I mean, if he can hit threes like that and pop like he did tonight, in addition to the rolling, I think a lot of us probably I would safe to assume with you too of was wanting to see him play with with Luca, and that didn't disappoint tonight. I thought that was really cool. Now, do I think Marquis Chris is going to be starting an All Star game next year? I don't think that, but I think he's shown that he's worthy of a roster spot. And that you know, Mark Follow said it after the game, talking to him post game. I thought it was cool that Chris got the got the headset and was like, "Hey, I I wish I hope you're in the." You're in the league. And I think it's one of the I tweeted about during the game. This is one of the pluses that we've seen over the past few weeks with the hardship deals across the league is we've seen a handful of these guys earn that spot back that they've they're given everything they have. And with Chris, hopefully it's in Dallas. But if it's not in Dallas, you know, there's teams that are like, hey, they've, they're watching this, too. He's going to stick in the league for the rest of the year, you'd assume. And I just like stories like that. Yeah, and as for getting a full contract, I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head like it's crucial to see how a guy who you may or may not be, you know, considering lobbing a contract offer to, how that guy fits with your best player. Because what if Chris just plays off KP really well, but he and Luca just don't? They're just like, you mm. know, two left feet out there or something, you know. But it seems like they have make to be a, a pretty good tandem. So, you know, it's day one of ten. I guess it's day eleven of twenty. But but yeah, I mean, I you know, it's important too to keep in mind about ten day guys. Like there's a, there's usually a reason that they're on a ten day contract, right? With Chris, he's still only twenty four, so he's very young. It takes big men a long time sometimes to develop. Uh, you think of guys like Christian Wood, who's now you know the other night notwithstanding, you know he's now one of the top big men in the league. He was playing on ten days a few years ago, um, mm. but you know with with uh, you know you look at the last five six years of guys that have played on ten day deals. Yogi Ferrell might have had the best 10 day oh. performance of any of those players. And I'm not talking about just the one game in Portland. I'm talking about that whole contract. I, just, I was just doing that uh, before we recorded, like looking up. There's a few 10 day trackers online. I think the, the main one I was looking at was Sport Track, where just list every 10 day contract given every season. And wow. Yogi was like easily the best. Now, a lot of guys on 10 day deals don't sign for the rest of the season with their team uh, because they're just not very good. But Chris is very, very good for a 10 day player, and he's having a very productive run and so as for why they wouldn't have offered him a contract after the first 10 day again i think part of it is you want to play with luca uh, also a part of it is to protect the team 
think back to the reason the Mavs signed Yogi Ferrell is because they had Pierre Jackson on a 10-day and he was balling out. They offered him a second 10-day and like day two of that contract, he hurt himself and he missed the rest of the season and he hasn't been in the NBA since. You know, and then mm-hmm. for the player also, uh, if you sign another 10-day, you get an extra, you know, 100 grand or whatever it is. And so it makes sense for him to sign it. And I'm sure if he plays well at the end of it, he'll probably get a contract from someone, hopefully again, hopefully the Mavs. Yeah. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and then I'm going to ask Bobby about Jalen Brunson. All right, before I ask you about Brunson, I lied. I just want to say real quick, because I know how much we both love this guy, Dorian Finney-Smith. I Yes, he went one of eight from three tonight, but this dude attacked the rim, and I think we could just do a whole like Locked On Dorian pod together about how much we love Dorian. What What have you seen from Dorian over these past few weeks that makes you smile i hope david Locke is listening because if if you want to expand the locked on network man i'm down i'll join (laughs) uh what he's shown the last few weeks i mean he's putting the ball on the floor and making it happen you know like he's not as good of a passer as josh green but he's had some assist numbers you know these last few games he's willing to go to the basket you know uh it felt like in the third quarter like nobody could do anything there was like a good like seven, eight minutes where both teams just kind of forgot like what it is that they do here, you know, and yeah. but Dorian went off, you know, he scored eight points in that run, um, was going to the basket, you know, laying it in, dunking, um, you know, putting the ball on the floor. He can dump it off to the big man in the dunker spot, kick it out to guys shooting for three. Like he's a, he's a very high IQ player. Can you imagine think- that after his rookie season, like his rookie season, I feel like he could barely like, like no. dribble in the sense and i feel like he's a, i feel like that area of his game he's improved so much and he still comes sometimes is a little shaky bringing the ball up the yeah floor. but you know and and sometimes we'll still mess up a fast break or whatever you know and, and he has some off shooting nights although he's been shooting it pretty consistently good lately but you know i think with him a lot of it is just he feels like a very sort of like confident confident dependent player right like if he's shooting well if he's playing well he's going to be willing to put the ball on the floor and make some stuff happen. But like, if he has a couple bad shooting games in a row, you can kind of see like tighten up a little bit. It's a little clammy. Like I think back to now, this was 18, 19. So this was his whatever third year, I guess got off to this great shooting start was shooting like in the high thirties, low forties through January. And then they traded Dennis. And for the rest of the year, he was like below 20% from three. Like he was really, really bad for like the last two, two and a half months of the season. Um, you know, you just, the the Smith way was broken up. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, he had to find a new adopted brother, but, uh, I I don't know who it was. I mean, he and Tim Hardaway Jr. call each other their twins. So maybe Tim is the source of, of all of Dorian's powers. But, uh, you know, whenever he's feeling good, whenever he's shooting it well, whenever the ball's going through the net, really, he does everything else very well. Feels like even, you know, his energy on defense is always high. But it feels like the last month or so, he's gotten more blocks than he normally does. Like, I don't know. He just looks very comfortable out there and very confident. And uh, it's it's been cool to see. It has been cool to see. We could continue talking about Dorian for the rest of the pod. But we should. I, <laughs> I got to ask you a few more things. Oh, okay. Jalen Brunson, has he changed? Has he changed an, like his value across the league? Has he changed any like national storyline about him over these past three weeks? Has he changed local media's mind about him? Has he changed your mind in me about him over these past like three or four weeks? Be like, no, this is exactly who I thought he was. A good basketball player. I mean, I think he's really good. I've always thought he was really good. I think for him, you know, 
if the Mavs are able to make the play, which I think they will, but if, if the Mavs are able to get to the playoffs, you know, especially a seven game series, how is he going to handle that? Um, yeah. You know, the big question mark after last season and even really through like the first couple months of this year was if you put length on him, it really keeps him from getting to his spots, right? You, you force him to shoot threes and long twos. Um, you know, he can always bully the small guys, but without Luca the last few weeks, like he's been guarded by the other team's best defender, like against the Wolves, he was getting guarded by like McDaniels, you know, these really long guys and he was still having big games. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, with or without Luca, especially without Luca as a starting point guard, as kind of the focal point, um, you know, it's been really impressive to see him still dominate and, uh, you know, really able to get his shot off, get into the lane, make things happen. His assist numbers have been really high. And two, as he's played like sometimes like 36, 38 minutes plus his efficiency in the fourth quarter is still just as good as it is in the beginning of games. Like, it's not like he's wearing down, you know, like some guys, some bench guys would like, I'm used to playing 20 minutes, not 30. I can't handle it. You know, there are a lot of guys that do that, especially if they're like running the offense and taking 20 shots a game, but that doesn't bother him, you know? So he's, he's still got the energizer bunny stuff going on. So, I mean, I don't know if it's changed my opinion of him, um, but I guess he's he appears less limited than maybe I thought he might have been like a month, a month and a half ago, even though I still thought he was really, really good, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I'm like the captain of the Jalen Brunson fan club. Him and Dorian Finney-Smith, I'll fight you over those two guys. The rest of them, you can have them. Those two guys are precious to me. <laughs> and Maxie. Right? And, well, and Maxie, too. Maxie is like, you know, my, my best friend, I think. He's like Just, family. If you ask me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's confirmed some things, but I also think it's like, it's he's shown signs of of growth right and now yeah. the big question is if he and luca continue to start for any extended period of time or the rest of the season or whatever can one of them or ideally both of them pick it up on defense because they they will have to between the two of them one of them at least is going to have to guard a more skilled player than they otherwise would have because normally yeah. those are the two guys you hide on players you know but it, you can't really do that if you're starting both of them so that's going to be really, really, really kind of key for me over the next uh, however many games or months. Yeah, that's what we were, you know, we, it feels like it's been a conversation in the past few weeks that I mentioned with Cato, I mentioned with Jake Camp, Nick and I talked about of this, just, I mean, we all know the situation Brunson contract wise going into next summer. And if the, you know, what other teams around the league view him as, if he's a, you know, a starting point guard for a handful of teams and they're going to go after him. Or, you know, if Dallas is like, man, is he a starter? Is he not? What is JB? You know, we assume JB wants to be a starter, too. So and just I'm really curious on how the fit because it's, it's everything goes back to defense for me. And it's like, hey, offensive, you know, offense wise next to Luca, I think it's fine. It's just, you know, when you have those two guys out there, you have KP down low. Now you're really trying to, you know, you're putting a lot on Dorian and probably Reggie Bullock or if Maxie's out there, whoever it is. But anyway, okay, I want to ask you this. All right, I just want to read this off to you because just watching Josh Giddy tonight, he's he's such a fun player to watch. And I just want to give you the top 10 picks of this draft. And we sat together there at the was it is it was it in Jack Daniels? Oh there yeah. Amer- <laughs> there in American Airlines Center. Live on Twitch, Isaac. How about that? It was. It was live on Twitch and uh we did a whole draft show there. And uh, the top 10 picks of that draft, Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs, Josh Giddy, Kaminga, Franz Wagner, 
Davion Mitchell and Zaire Williams. Dude, what a draft. What a top 10. Did we know in that wow. moment that that top now obviously we're, you know, we're just in rookie season here. But did we did we really know? Are we going to look back 10 years from now and be like, "Do you remember we did a draft show on that legendary draft?" Dude, I mean it's they've been great. I mean, this has been a really 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 good and a, like a fun rookie class too. Yeah. Like Giddy is putting up numbers, but and he's doing it in such a unique way, right? Like he looks like a Magic the Gathering player. Like it, it looks like he can like special summon Dark Magician on turn two, playing you, you know, playing Yu-Gi-Oh. And I can say this is someone that played a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh and like, well, you know, I still play Pokemon to this day. Like I feel like I can identify with an NBA rising star, you know, and that's pretty cool for me. Uh, but then uh, the rest of the draft, dude, Mobley is like. Oh Mobley gosh. was awesome. We knew he was going to be awesome. Like we knew Cade was going to be really good, and Jalen Green's been great. But like Scotty Barnes has been fantastic. People thought that was a reach. Like people thought Giddy was a reach. And like those two guys can play, you know. Yeah. So this and has been even like really I mean, watch. I know the Kaminga and you know everything going into draft, but like his fit in Golden State and how they're like bringing him along in these like spurts, they're throwing him out there, and you're like, oh dang, like you you could be a really good defensive player down the road. But that's we talk about fit all the time and where players get drafted, and it's like it's wild to think about somebody like Kaminga to where if like Kaminga went to OKC and maybe he looks way different in OKC and it's like some things are getting exposed and they're like, Oh my gosh, like, I don't know if he could do this and that, but he's in golden state and he's playing in the system. And what if it's the, you know, the opposite for a guy like Franz Wagner or a Josh Giddy that they were in golden state and they're playing these spot minutes here and there. We're like, Oh, okay, we'll just see what. It so long story short fit means so much in the draft and I've just been looking at this top 10. It's a lot of fun. Last thing I want to ask you about, we get this is a big week for the Mavs. And Dirk Nowitzki, Wednesday, as somebody who works for the Mavs, can you give us a, what can you share with us about what Tuesday and Wednesday, you know, Tuesday press conference, but more focused on Wednesday. What could you tell us about what Wednesday night will look like? I'm going to be 100% honest. Even Ooh. I don't know. Ooh, um, I, I knew all the details about 41211 beforehand, but it was like, got to keep it secret under like, you know, violators will be subject to ejection and arrest. You know, um, it was like a blood oath to, to keep those. Mark's like, put the rep. phones down or I'll fire you. Yeah, no, it was legit. Like there was like 10 people that knew that bird was going to be there. You know, it was like a very small Ooh. thing. Now this, I, I truly don't know. I mean, I know typically, typically with Jersey retirements, a lot of like former teammates will come. Right. But like, Kid will already be there because he's the coach. Nash, the Nets have a game. You know, Jet coaches the Grand Rapids or Grand Rapids Gold. I don't know what their deal is. You know, so like all of that, like Tyson will be there. He works for the team. Like I imagine JJ and Devin will be there. Devin obviously is, you know, working on the broadcast all the time too. So I imagine there's going to be a lot of familiar faces. Um, there's going to be, there's, I know there's going to be like some type of fireworks, something and some other sort of something. I don't know what, some other kind of, <laughs> entertainment that's not just the actual ceremony um but yeah i really don't know I, I i really have no idea um because you know covid means that there's way fewer meetings than ever yeah. before and you know it's all getting thrown together kind of you know not quickly we've obviously been planning this for years now but like you know what i mean it's come together yeah. rather quickly so i don't know too much but i do know i'm very happy that it's happening after the game um yeah not like at halftime you know because we did a few years ago uh we did harps one 
And that was at halftime. Now we extended halftime by like 15, 20 minutes, but it was still like a 20, 30 minute thing with Dirk. Like you want to give him like five hours, you know, like let's, let's, what's the world's longest standing ovation. Like let's set the record by at least 10 minutes. Um, You know, it's going to be really cool. And I, I know it's going to be broadcast in full on Valley sports Southwest. If you live out of market, I'm not sure if ESPN is going to carry it at all because they have a game right after that. Uh, maybe they'll carry it on ESPN two or something, but if you live local, it'll all be on TV. If you can't make it to the game. Yeah. The, in the, uh, the press release for it, the, I thought it was two things. One, the collection that Mavs uh, shop has been tweeting out. I'm like, oh, dang oh it. yeah. Takes, oh, and there, there's going to be some money. artifacts too out there though. The whole plot was the other thing. Yeah. It's probably not going to be as like grand as the city edition launch, which was, did you, were you there for that? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that was incredible. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to be as massive, but that was like five things. You know, Dirk is one guy. Of course, Dirk is like the, the power of 41 mortals, but uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff out there too. And you don't even have to have a ticket in order to go to that. So if you still want to check cool. out some of the stuff throughout Does his career. Be, and I guess Victor Park, maybe? Uh, yeah, yeah. Victory Plaza. Yeah. Like right. Victory or the, whatever. I think it's still called Victory Plaza. I'm not okay. sure. Should have checked the press release first. The the blue carpet and everything will probably be rolled out again. And oh yeah, if you're into Instagram, you know I'm sure there will be a place where you can take a good Instagram picture. <laughs> and then Bobby will be there signing autographs. If y'all want pictures with Bobby, uh, yeah, Bobby Bobby Booth. Uh, the Dirk stuff is on the south side. I'll be on the north side of the building. <laughs> so just go ahead and swing by my side first, and then do the Dirk stuff afterward if you want. Okay, Mavs win against the Thunder. They play tonight uh, against the Nuggets at home. Second night of a back-to-back. We'll see if Porzingis plays in that game. And then in two days, we get Dirk's retirement ceremony, a moment a lot of us have been uh, waiting for for a very long time. Be a special night. Bobby, thank you so much. Thank you, Isaac. And we'll we'll see you today. If you guys are listening to this before 10 a.m. Central time, then you need to join Bobby on Twitch at studio 41 what's the official uh it's just dallas mavericks twitch it's uh twitch.tv slash dallas mavericks the full okay. one we couldn't get dallas mavs someone else took that from us and uh i don't know who they are in fact it might have even been me but yeah we, we're <laughs> going with we're going with dallas mavericks so tell that thing to Twitch, mark yeah twitch.tv slash dallas mavericks join the movement now because <laughs> in 10 years whenever we're famous you'll be able to say i remember when I remember when, but Isaac, for real, I don't want to toot my horn too much or whatever, but I think we're the only team doing anything on Twitch. So like it is kind of fun sort of, you know, being an innovator for once. And seriously, I know he joked about getting in like right now, subscribe now because we've talked briefly about some things you guys have planned in the future and the direction this thing is going. I think it's really, really cool. And I think Mavs fans will really, really like, so subscribe, don't miss it. You can watch it at work, wherever you want to, and uh, it's a lot of fun. See you soon, Bobby. You're locked on Mavs a lot of fun, too. Thanks for having me, Isaac. (laughs)